71-66. They're 17 of 22 at the line. Sooners are 8 of 10. Top right side. Dribbles with it. Passes left corner. Robertson spots for a three. It's good! Taylor Robertson with her fifth three-pointer. And she breaks the Big 12 career record for made threes. Uh, congratulations, T-Rob, on breaking the all-time three-point mark in Big 12 play. Taylor Robertson joins us. On the Plank Show, uh, Taylor, first and foremost, after a, a little, I'm, I'm sure what was an exhausting night, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations, not just on the record, but how about this team? That was one heck of a win over Baylor and fell behind early, but you guys never gave up, did you? No. Um, it was a big-time win. Um, we got um, big-time play out of our whole entire team. Everyone who stepped on the court um, contributed big-time, um, and it was just really fun. I get it. I'm so excited you're on the show, T-Rob. I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while. I've only been on a couple of trips this year. I'm getting to travel with you guys uh, next week. But can you just take us through how this team has come together? Because it's been so fun to watch. Obviously, I was I was with you in Lubbock. I was with you earlier this season in South Dakota. So I've been privy to some of it. But you know, it's just it's um it's a different kind of energy around this squad, isn't it? Yeah, um, we're all really, really close on and off the court, and I think that makes a huge difference. And we have a lot of experience, and I think that that helps when we've all played together for a really long time now and bringing the new ones in and that experience. Like, we already know what we're going to do before the other person even does it, and I think that's been big time for us. What's the adjustment been like um, for you? You spent – uh, well, obviously, a majority of your career in, in one system with Coach Cole and Jenny Baranchek comes in and things change. But how have they changed? What's been different for you? Um, I think the biggest difference is the pace that we're playing at. Um, we just want to go. We want to go and go and go, no matter who we're playing or <laughs> what the other team is doing. Um, we just want to play our game and get up and down the court. And it's been really fun and exciting to play in. Yeah, and you've overcome some adversity this year. You guys have played with limited numbers due to COVID at times, and then I don't know. You've you've been around Anna a lot, Taylor. How hard was that for you to see your longtime teammate go down again? Yeah, it really sucks. Um, just bad luck. Um, we're really good friends, and to have that happen, um, that just makes your heart hurt. And um, we know that she'll be back um eventually after a little bit and um it's just really sad and we want to play for her every time we go out taylor robertson is our guest we're okay were you aware of how close you were to the big 12 mark was it something that was in your head or no um a little bit as much as i didn't want to have it in my head or be thinking about it um everybody was talking about it and um Jenny just kind of told me to embrace it and try not to push it away as much because a lot of times that just makes it worse. And I, so I knew I was close, but once we start, once the game started, I wasn't even thinking about it at all. I was just playing to win. Taylor Robertson, speaking of playing to win, boy, um, Skylar Van, she's been something else this year. When did you see the potential in her to have a breakout season like this? Because she had played well at times last year, Taylor, but 
Man, she just really mm-hmm. seems like she's kind of found a, a, another level of her game in 2022. Yeah, uh, I've known it all along. Um, it was just it was just a matter of time um, because I get to see it every single day in practice, and this year is definitely starting to show, and it's really exciting. She's big time. Um, a couple of more, and I'll and I'll let you get out of here. We're hanging out with Taylor Robertson. All right, I want to talk about Maddie a little bit. Energy, grit, determination. What's it like to play with Maddie Williams? She's a dog. Um, it's hard to describe being able to play with somebody like that because we're a completely different team with her. Um, and it makes she just makes everything go and makes everybody's job so much easier. She makes us all better when she's on the floor. Um, and it's just really, really fun to play with. Now, did you help her at all with her shot? Because if there's one thing that I've noticed that's improved with Maddie over the last couple of years, T-Rob, the way that she's got that touch from behind the arc, what's kind of been the key in in that extending throughout her time at Oklahoma? Um, I think that the biggest thing is she's just been getting in the gym. Um, That's how you become a good shooter is just getting a ton of shots up and – especially over the last year. Um, I know she's been working really hard to expand that part of her game, and you can definitely tell. You're having fun, aren't you? And it, you, you can see it not just in your play but in your faces. You brought it up earlier. This team is really tight. What do you think has keyed that? What do you think has brought this team so close together this year and that you're really enjoying each other? I just think it's the relationships that we've had with each other. We've, most of us have been together for quite a while now, a couple of years. And um, I think that's kind of where the joy when we're playing comes out um, just because we're so close and we just enjoy being around each other. And that, that just makes the game so much fun. Hey, okay. Take me through your routine. I know you got, you're the first one out on the court to get ready. Is that superstition? I mean, what's what's the typical game day routine for Taylor Robertson? Yeah, first one out there, that's something that I've done my whole entire life is always being the first one on the court for warm-ups. Um, I start with a little bit of form shooting, and then I take it mm-hmm. back to the mid-range. I get 50 shots going around, and then I back it up for threes, do the same thing going back around um, at each spot. Then I do a couple free throws um, and then some more threes and then just three game shots from all kinds of spots, and I end up getting up 207 before every game by myself. Wait, so do you you count them? I mean, in your head, are you aware of how far along you are, or do you just know? Yeah, I count – I only I only count makes, so don't count misses. <laughs> <laughs> is, is so? Do you have a number a day, T. Rob, that you aim for for how many shots you want to get up per day? Um. Yeah, it kind of just depends on the day. Usually, it's around like two to three hundred, mm. but like more recently, I've just been going until not worrying about how many I necessarily 
make every day, but like how my shot feels. So going until it feels right hmm. and just like getting a feel for it. I, I keep saying a couple more and I'll let you get out of here, but how did you have to adjust when you, well, first obviously coming into Oklahoma and continuing to develop your game, right? I mean, now you've got teams that are, their sole focus defensively is to try to keep the ball away from you. Did that improvement for you have to come in moving without the ball, being a better facilitator? We've always known you've had the shot, T-Rob, but what's helped you become this complete basketball player? Yeah, I think that especially this year I've become a better passer, and it's shown um, that I'm able to get my teammates open and kind of set them up and also moving without the ball because a lot of times I won't get the shot when I'm moving around because two people will run with me, so that creates a wide-open shot for someone else, and that's just as good. Sky's the limit for this team, right? I mean, I'm not sitting here saying you better go to the Final Four or anything, but the confidence level is is extremely high in this group, not only to go out and beat a, a really good Baylor team, but... I mean, T-Rob, this team, they, they feel like there isn't a goal they can't accomplish, right? Yeah. Um, we all have confidence in ourselves and each other, and we know we can hang with the best of them, and as long as we are us and we play together, um, we can do anything. Hmm. That's awesome. Man, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and it's just, it's so fun to watch you and you're, you're entertaining. You're enthusiastic. And when, you know, you're, you also, though, I say that and I know when you get fired up, that takes everyone to another level because there is a part of you that's kind of mild mannered, right? You got to stay even keel because Maddie's always fired up. Skyler's kind of even keel. But those moments whenever you get juice, that's when we know it's another level, right? Because you do try to do everything you can to stay level-headed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I try to stay steady most of the time um, and because that helps everybody else kind of stay steady too. But sometimes um, in the moment, you have to get fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night was a moment worth getting fired up. Uh, your first win over Baylor, uh, obviously a Big 12 record. And, hey, I'll let you go on this. This Saturday you guys take on TCU. And I know we talk about it a lot, and you're starting to see the the enthusiasm grow and the buzz grow. But can you just take us through what it means to this team on the court whenever you have a crowd that's into it, that's jam-packed, and how great it would be to see a full house Saturday at one thirty against TCU. You guys see it. It matters to you to have great crowds, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely matters. I think that the crowd that we did have last night, um, that helped us so much, and that was part of the reason why we won. Um, the crowd just gives us so much energy, and hopefully we can keep growing that. And once you come once, you're going to want to come to every game that we play. Mm. You're awesome. T-Rob, thanks for hanging with us. Congratulations, and we'll see you Saturday out at the LNC. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I will see you. Taylor Robertson. I think, now we've had her on before, but it was, I think, her freshman year. But how about that? T-Rob coming through, and I think she's going to be on tonight as well with Jenny Baranchek on Sooner Sports Talk with T-Row.
But I think I think she's great. She's she only hits up five threes last night, and it, it she's become a better facilitator. She's become a better creator, and I just. Man, I love watching her play. I like watching this team, too. They're well worth it. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Okay. Joey Helmer is going to join us next. Can we – Can we? do you want to address this text real quick just because I'm still so triggered by it? <laughs> yeah. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We, we could do this, yes. And listen. Let's do it real quick because I'll make this point. Knew, Go ahead. Knew that we would have some of this response. When you toss out something that's a controversial right. take, like, hey, I kind of think the NCAA's transfer portal. I don't mind the transfer portal. Kind of makes the sport more exciting. You know? It does. You don't hear that a lot. You hear so much <laughs> right. about how negative it is. and I, I kind of, I got to admit, I sort of dig it. I think it's been fun to follow for Oklahoma. It's not great seeing Caleb like Williams it. and maybe yeah. Mario Williams leave. It's not great seeing Jaden Hazelwood leave. But it's fun seeing who wants to come play for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, so we've got this text. Air Comfort Solutions. Text line 405-651-3439. Wouldn't it be exciting if Jocelyn Allo, Kinsey Kinsey Hansen, Lindsey Elam, and two or three of the other starters on our softball team transferred out? Then we could bring uh, some new players in from the transfer portal and report on them. Wouldn't that be exciting? What an absolutely ignorant take you two guys have on this. I'm going to say this in the kindest way I know possible. That's the dumbest thing that has ever been texted to this show. And I say a lot of dumb things. You, sir, are a moron because it's the transfer portal, again, is new to everyone that has their nose stuck in basketball and football, but it's been open transfer in Diamond Sports forever. So if they want to go do that, they could have. But guess what? They didn't. And I'm sorry, sir, not everyone is transferring from every single team out there. Cool your jets, embrace the moment, and don't be a moron. Can I read one positive text to you? You know what it, it made me? Well, hold I, I just there there was one more thing that kind of it, it made me think of uh whenever you read that to me, you know what it made me think of? It made me think of this from one of my favorite movies. Mr. Madison, <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That's how I felt whenever you read that text message to me. All right, positive side of things. I... Just to play some good cop, bad cop here, I appreciated the interaction <laughs> on the text line, though I do disagree. The transfer portal. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, one more text here. The transfer portal absolutely makes it more exciting. You'll still have adjustments as everyone has to gel, but the thrill of the hunt and the suspense of signing all add up to intense fan interest. Having virtual plug-and-play position players and seeing how they do, wow. Who wouldn't want that? And then uh, they mentioned Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts led you to the playoffs. Should he have stayed loyal to Alabama? 
People are acting like the whole team is transferring. For you know who the transfer portal sucks for? The transfer portal stinks for the Tulsas of the world, the Louisiana Techs of the world. And, yeah, they can get a few guys that maybe didn't meet expectations at, you know, Power 5 programs, but I, I think it stinks for them because you have a guy that starts playing well after his first couple of seasons, and it's, whoa, I wonder if I could go here and play. I wonder if I could play at Bama or I could play at OU. It come, it, it's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing when it hurts your team is what I think it, it comes down to. And then you embrace it whenever it works in your favor. I think also we're a little bit uh, blindsided here in, in this respect, Blank. OU just went through a head coaching change. The transfer portal Correct. at Oklahoma is not always going to be as active as it's been in this offseason or these last couple of months for OU. You have to keep in mind this has been a transition for the entirety of Oklahoma football. So that's, you know, with that come some departures and some arrivals for OU. Well, maybe you should just celebrate the entire offensive line then, Josh, and every single receiver, quarterback, and running back. Oh, and what if every linebacker went in the portal, huh? Would that make you happy? All right, let's uh, let's get Joey Helmer in here. <laughs> we'll got uh, OUinsider.com publisher Joey Helmer coming up next. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. You're tuned in to the home of Sooner fans, The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens. Thanks so much to our regular Thursday 11 a.m. guest, Joey Helmer, for being flexible with us. Uh, even though I've heard Taylor Robertson's range comparable to Joey Helmer from OUinsider.com. Is that a fair comparison? Uh, I think our range at this point is much better than Joey Helmer's range. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get it misconstrued, though. I, I do like to shoot from downtown when I play basketball. So That's right. Man, what an hey. accomplishment by her, though. What an oh, accomplishment. She's an awesome kid, too. I mean, just... When you when you hear someone that has an exact number of shots that she takes during her warm-ups, 207. Now, come on. That's pretty cool. Hey, uh, first of all, happy belated birthday. Uh, now, am I to understand, Josh, that you actually were able to put together and make a cake for Joey on his birthday? Uh, yeah, if by getting together and making a cake, you mean like grabbing cupcakes from a previous uh, party and... <laughs> Hauling them home. <laughs> well, happy belated, Joey, man. I hope you had a chance to celebrate because welcome to portal season. And I don't know, uh, how busy does this weekend coming up appear to be for Brent Venables and crew? You know, it's it's busy. It's busy like it's been. I think um, every, ever since this coaching staff has taken over, it's kind of been nonstop and uh, – you know, Josh and I feel kind of the same way on the uh, the transfer portal, but different in some ways. Um, I heard your your guys' conversation. I, I do like the, um, the the fact that it's constant and there's always something going mm-hmm. on. I think it just makes it really interesting. Of this player is going here and this player is going there, or where's where's he looking at? It just it, it's so interesting because. Right now, you, you know, we're in the middle of January, and I think we would be firmly looking just at signing day. But now with the transfer portal in play, 
Um, ever since the end of the season for Oklahoma and obviously with the national championship the other night, um, it, there's no end in sight with this thing. I think it's just it's so constant. And uh, from that standpoint, it's really fun. It's really interesting to see um, where all these kids are kind of looking at. and It's just open free agency. Open free agency. And I do think there'll be – this is wild because in college football, it's new. You know, we've been dealing with this in diamond sports for a while. I think specifically softball – it's it's the reality of not necessarily, I keep saying athlete empowerment, but just freedom. And I do think they'll reach a point where it will calm down a little bit. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that enter this portal that don't find better landing spots. And in the same vein, you know, Joey Josh and I were just talking about this too. It's not always going to be about guys exiting, right? I mean, who who in the last 20 years of OU football, and I'm sure there's someone I'm thinking of, but we were just trying to put our heads together during the break. Who's someone that transferred away from Oklahoma, went somewhere else, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we missed that guy. I, I am so mad he transferred. It doesn't usually happen that way. And I'm Spencer Rattler's got a chance to be that guy. Caleb Williams has a chance to be a guy. But for the most part, you know, you're pretty happy with who you have, and guys want to stick. Yeah, I'm trying to think of in that, you know, that might be a, a good story idea. So kudos to you guys for uh, for giving me that idea. But I'm trying to think of who, who that would be. You know, Alex Ross left to go to Missouri. TJ Pledger last year to go to Utah. There's been some others. Sure. Kendall Thompson as well. Um, but in terms of just that guy that, went and just lit it up somewhere else like a you know like a baker mayfield leaving texas tech to come here to oklahoma or obviously kyler murray uh, coming here from a&m I, that's interesting I, I i don't know who that would that guy would be off the top of my head i'd have to think about that yeah I, you you brought up a good one you brought up a good one right in a tj pledger who had a nice season with utah but by no means am i tuning into Utah football, and they're talking about T.J. Pledger as the go-to guy. It wasn't, and that's not a knock on T.J. Buki. No one wanted him here anyway, right? Robert Barnes didn't have a great season at Colorado, and that's not a knock on any of these dudes. It's just uh, transfers, more often than not, have been major contributors to Oklahoma's success as opposed to being something that is a problem, right? And you hit Kyler, Baker, you know, guys like Jalen Saunders, I think, back on. So, I think it's kind of a short-term frustration given the coaching change, but Joey, in the long run, I think Oklahoma's going to really benefit from the transfer portal. And they've had a history of benefiting from these types of transfers. And, yes, I completely agree. A program like Oklahoma or, you know, Alabama, uh, Georgia, those types of programs are probably going to benefit from this. And, um, you know, they're going to be able to get the guys that more fit their programs. And obviously, um, those other two schools haven't been uh, hurting and lacking in terms of talent. Man, and I, not to go off on a tangent here, but I thought that was one of the better national championship games that we've seen in a long, long time. I just thought uh, that the talent level on both sides of the ball was just pretty remarkable. And so, um, yeah, but I think 
Uh, but Oklahoma, yeah, it certainly is going to benefit from this in the long run, and I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Since you mentioned the national championship, I've actually got a, a couple here, Plank, if you don't mind. Go, since, yeah, go ahead, man. Since you mentioned the national championship, Joey, Plank and I were having this discussion yesterday. Is there anything in your mind that college football can do or needs to do to draw interest uh, in the national championship game. Maybe there's some Alabama fatigue. Uh, We know that there's ongoing discussions about when or if the college football playoff would expand. I mean, is there anything that can happen that the college football power brokers that be can do in your mind to generate more interest in a national championship game that perhaps involves or has at times involved multiple SEC teams? Well, I'm selfish about this, and you know this, Josh, but I I, I was good with the game being on Monday this week with it being kind of a birthday present for me. But, (laughs) you know, I I feel like the entire college football season is on Saturday. And I think that could be a big change that they could make in making the national championship now on Saturday instead of Monday. Uh, I, I obviously the hardcore fans like us, the ones that cover it, they're going to be watching regardless of when that is. But uh, I just have to wonder if the timing of the game, if it being out a weeknight, uh, may, maybe has any kind of impact. You mentioned the Alabama fatigue. I'm sure uh, there's something with that. There's no doubt about it. But um, I, I think maybe the biggest thing is just the, the timing of the game and it being on a Monday. Why, you know, you look in, uh, for that matter, the semifinal games being on uh, New Year's Eve, frankly, doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. I, I think that's an easy way to um, not get as good of exposure as you otherwise could um, if you had it uh, maybe, say, on New Year's Day or – um, another time than that, but um, you, you had 10 days off between uh, the semifinals and then Monday night the other night. Uh, what, what's the difference in having eight days off and playing that game on Saturday? I, I just think to me that it makes a whole lot of sense to do it that way. And I don't want to paint it like the sport's dying by any means. I mean, 22 million people watch the national championship <laughs> game. So it wasn't like it was just horribly rated or whatever. But big picture for Oklahoma next season. Obviously, it's impossible to have a full grasp or a full read on what OU's roster is going to look like entering next season. There will be more transfer portal additions, maybe uh, subtractions as well. Um, but just – as you kind of take a glance at what some of these way-too-early top 25 rankings look like, where do you see Oklahoma heading into next season in terms of the Big 12 picture and then, again, the, the national picture? Like, if you had to put your top 25 ballot out today for next season, 2022, where, where do you think uh, just kind of top of the mind you would have OU ranked? Yeah, you know, I think – the 10 range to 15 range is probably fair. Um, I, I think Oklahoma, to, to me, when I look at the scope of the Big 12 next year, though, it, it's it's Oklahoma and Baylor. I, I think that's where it's at. And um, I, I can't remember if I said this last week with you guys, but I, I feel like Oklahoma, there's a chance they're maybe favored in every single game, regardless of what has happened. 
um, in terms of, you know, the coaching turnover and, and uh, the players in the portal exiting here and there and everything. And um, I, I just feel like Oklahoma, everything is still in front of it as far as the Big 12 is concerned next year. And um, they're going to remake that roster. And it, it should be noted that um, regardless of next year, I, I think you, you do have – Josh and Chris, obviously, we've talked about this plenty uh, off the air, but it's more of a long-term vision for Oklahoma. And I think Brent Venables kind of made that clear in saying, I'm your guy uh, going to the SEC. You know, Oklahoma has to get this roster to where uh, it needs to be as it makes its conference move. And that was the other one of the other big takeaways I had when watching uh, that game the other night was, man, these guys just look different. It just across the board, I mean, it was such a hard-hitting, um, explosive game for both of those teams. Everything was difficult offensively, I felt like. And Brent Venables, Brent Venables is going to bring that to Oklahoma's defense. And I Make no mistake about it, but it comes to personnel and getting your guys in, and that's something that he's going to have to do. So, um, that's a long way of saying uh, Oklahoma is <laughs> going to certainly be uh, one of the front runners, if not the front runner, to win the Big 12 next year. And uh, they've got to take that next step, though, to get to where Alabama and Georgia and the likes of those teams are. Real quick, Rickmon, Rickmon. I think I said Rickmon, Rickmon on Twitter said Trey Sermon is the name of a guy that transferred out, and maybe you wish you could have had him back. But again, Very he spent most point. of that year. Yeah. Yeah, very good one. Spent a lot of the year hurt, but then had that breakout game in the semifinals, and obviously that's a good one. All right, hey, Joey, we got to run. Uh, glad you had a good birthday week, and we'll talk to you again next Thursday. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good day. He's, an, he's a rock star. Joey Helmer, big brother, here on The Plank Show. All right, when we come back, speaking of the Helmers, news according to Josh. Right here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Coming down the home stretch, it is the Plank Show with you on a Thursday. He is Chris Plank. I am Josh Elmer. This hour, of course, it's brought to you by Rooftech of Oklahoma. They are locally owned and operated for 40 years. Call Josh Tucker at Rooftech for all of your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Okay, before we hit some of the other news stories that maybe we've missed out there, Bill has been patiently waiting on the phone line. I love Bill. Bill, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, Bill. How sweet would it be that Mearshield, that all of a sudden at the last minute, go to Notre Dame and give him the finger and Jackson Dart would end up at OU. So long as Mario Williams doesn't end up at Texas, at this point I'm <laughs> resigned to the fact that Caleb Williams and Mario Williams are both gone. So, yes, uh, that would please me. I think that would be hilarious that if Caleb at the last, and he's honestly he's thinking from what some people are saying, he's not committed to uh, USC. It would be funny as all get out. If that did end up happening. Hmm. So, in other words, Bill, what I'm taking from your opinion here is that you're accepting the fact that Caleb will be gone, 
but you're okay if he ends up anywhere other than, say, USC or Texas, right? Yes. <laughs> I like you, Bill. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. Have a good one. Is that a rumor? Is that a rumor, Josh, about Notre Dame? Uh, I don't know that. I think that a lot of media types out there have sort of pegged Notre Dame as what would be a great landing spot for Caleb Williams, that if he went to Notre Dame and played for Marcus Freeman with that roster that they have in place, that Tommy that, Reese, that that could, yes, Tommy Reese, the connection there uh, to be his quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, that that would be a really good match. I don't know that that's something that the Williams family or Caleb has had completely on their radar, though I think they should. I mean, if uh, everything else works out, I mean, to me, yeah, that'd be a way better landing spot than USC. <laughs> probably, you know, whether OU fans want to admit this or not, it actually would probably be a worse landing spot for Oklahoma for Caleb Williams to go to because there's a chance you might see him in the college football playoff. True. Um, hey, can I add? I want to make sure you have plenty of time for news, so maybe we'll break and do the news out the door. You cool with that? I'm good with that, I, sure. Okay. I I know that everyone's kind of – and this is – I mean, listen, uh, Bill, this isn't about, you know, in, in any shot at your call, buddy. You know I love talking to you. But I haven't given up on Caleb Williams ending up in the Crimson and Cream next year. I mean – I think that the the picture that you saw of him in a USC uniform, I think those are taken every time you go on a recruiting trip. I mean, in my mind, he's he's gone to USC, right? It, it's just there's too much of a of a connection there, and I I mean, you can go. I think the the old Boyd Street's still out there in some places where, you know, I wrote. Gosh, Dasher, what about three thousand words about him and and his love of Lincoln and this system fitting him? But I think the reality is, you know, is he if if they're really being as diligent as they are claiming to be, and they're looking in depth, they're being Caleb Williams people at beyond just nil numbers right if this is a play where you look at a roster and you look at an offensive line and you look at a system and you look at the skill players around him Oklahoma is still the best fit for you I mean it really is so you know I I say this and we'll take a time out and come back and wrap the show up and it'll probably break that he's committed to USC or something but it's just there's a part of me that if you're going to start saying, gosh, anywhere but USC, that's where I chime in and say, well, then why not OU? Dude's never been afraid of competition. Was still going to come here even when a five-star had committed and they had an entrenched starter and he wanted to beat him out. Why not? Why not? And I'll tell you one thing. Everything I keep hearing about Dylan Gabriel is impressive. So... I know that's kind of hedging the bet there just a, li- a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not a – if you're going to start saying, gosh, I would love to see him go here or Notre Dame or I don't know why, like, Northwestern just came to mind. But anywhere but USC, that's whenever I kind of step in and say, well, then, then why not OU? Then wait a tick. Why don't you just 
stay put. Just stay. What yeah. would the I'm 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 curious what the reaction would be if he chooses that at this point. I almost I mean obviously he's so talented that I think you can work your way through it, but it feels like right now the Oklahoma fan base is is kind of done and sort of over the situation. He'd have to play well, man. He'd have to play well. Otherwise, I think you're looking at another Spencer Rattler from this season. Uh, situation sure. where he ends up getting booed or something. All right, um, it's 11.48. When we come back, we'll wrap this show up with the news, according to Josh Steely and Thune at noon. Coming up next, we're on location, as we are every single Thursday, at Cavens Construction, online at cavensconstruction.com. It's the Plank Show. <laughs> All right, Plank Show rolls on. Two quick tweets. Lloyd writes, Williams is just playing Lincoln, uh, paying Lincoln back for his betrayal at the last minute in the dark of night. He'll come back to Oklahoma. I like that. Uh, and then uh, Dallasville writes, I hear NSU is looking for a quarterback next season. <laughs> okay, boys. All right, Josh, let's get some news to head out the door here on the Plank Show on a Thursday. It's time for the news according to Josh. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48. All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel and he's three years old. How about that? (laughs) That squirrel can water ski. And hopefully it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer. Hi, dude. Let's go. Time for the news. Where do you want to start? And let me just say quickly, the news, as always, brought to you by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 40 years. Call Josh Tucker at Rooftech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Hey, did you see the Big Ten released a revised football schedule yesterday? I saw that. I saw that. Was there a reason why they did that? Yes, there was. The changes were done to accommodate some adjustments that had been made due to COVID-19 in 2020 when the Big Ten, of course, only uh, only played uh, eight of their all-conference games. And so let's see, uh, some of the notables, Penn State's matchups against Michigan and Ohio State. So yeah, there's. I saw someone some had to go like back to back seasons. Yeah, they they had a couple places that have ended up having to go on the road, back to back seasons. Yeah, I saw that. It kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, is this a sign of something? And they're just they're just fixing a few wrongs, I guess. Which that's good. Hey, the the more high profile matchups we can get, sign me up for. Love that. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Where you want to go next? couple of uh, members from the Crimson Tide, they have put their names into the NFL draft. That would include Mathis and Evan Neal. Evan Neal could be the top pick in the draft. There is considerable – oh, dude, I don't want to take all your time. Let's just say there's going to be a lot of talk about Evan Neal potentially going number one to Jacksonville if they decide to continue to upgrade their offensive line. Did you have much of a reaction to Oklahoma offering Arch Manning? 
did it really happen? <laughs> Am I falling for another Twitter joke out there? This really happened, right? <laughs> yes, they have. They have a okay. large. Yeah, because you know we thought that you had it set in twenty three with Malachi Nelson, and when he commits out to USC and Lincoln leaves, it opens up a uh, a whole new opportunity. And he- here's the thing: I mean, I'm all about it. I just I think with what Jeff Levy's going to do in 22 at Oklahoma, I think he's going to be in that Mike Leach plan, right? I think he's going to be someone that teams are going to be frothing to try to get a shot to come in to be their head coach. So yeah, I love it, dude. I take get the best players here in Norman. Let's go. Any chance? Uh, the final bit of information, news here for you: Texas Tech hosting Oklahoma State. That's the only uh, game of the Big 12 tonight. Tech a seven-and-a-half point favorite in that one. Any chance after a couple of big wins that Texas Tech gets surprised here tonight, shocked by OSU? Yeah, and Oklahoma State has seemingly always played well uh, in Lubbock. And, you know, it years past, Oklahoma State's a weird team to try to figure out, right? There's some years where they're great early and terrible late. But I think this is a team that's going to be a problem as the season progresses, especially with the way Isaac Likely's playing. Uh, I would, I'm would. i not a gambling man, but I would definitely take Oklahoma State in the points. Thanks to the crew at Cavens, CavensConstruction.com. Uh, Josh has you in studio tomorrow. I'll see you guys back Monday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.